This is a HeadGum Podcast. If there's something preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Conveniently connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling, and you can send a message to your counselor anytime. Um, now, uh, normally for these ads, we like to bring in the Butterman from Pearl Jam's song, Can't Find the Butterman, whose site, BetterHelp.com, will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional dairy pissed. Uh, but he's asked me to take this time to really flesh out the character we've developed for Butterman's arch nemesis, mean Mr. Margarine, uh, which we haven't been able to get to work over the last few spots. Uh, so we can kind of do a, a story arc reboot next time and, and really get this thing going. So I'm going to use the copy I have in front of me as a jumping off point, and then we'll see where we are. Okay, so with BetterHelp, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Great. Um, so that makes me think that one of me and Mr. Margarine's traits is that he is neither timely nor thoughtful, and you can't schedule weekly sessions with him. Uh, with me and Mr. Margarine, a session will just diabolically appear on your calendar when you thought you had a free day to binge watch The Great British Bake Off. Okay. With BetterHelp, you never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. And that's... That's actually what Mean Mr. Margarine's evil castle looks like when he captures you. It's a waiting room, and the only magazine they have is Margarine Weekly. And if you read too much of it, it exacerbates any existing problems you have with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, or self-esteem. BetterHelp, of course, has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in these matters, and anything you share is confidential. With Mean Mr. Margarine... Everything you share is confidential, too, actually. So that is a point of similarity. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. And mean Mr. Margarine has a convenient, professional, and affordable radiation device that he's going to use to turn the moon into a spreadable oil-based emulsion, which will eventually cause the planet to spin out of orbit and freeze, bringing about the untimely end of everything we've ever known. Okay, I think we're really getting somewhere now. Um, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash babysitters. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash babysitters. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book. What became a call? Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. I heard today from a coworker of ours that um, works with you in Austin mm -hmm. that you haven't come to work in a week. Yeah. And she says that you're plan not planning, that you stated sort of mm -hmm. belligerently mm -hmm. that you're not planning on coming into work for another five to six weeks. Yes. Would you care to explain yourself? I feel like I'm working my ass off trying to keep <laughs> the lights on at our company, uh, and you're being a real Stacy McGill, skipping work. Oh, I missing see. meetings. Wow. Um, I just have other priorities right now. Is it this boy you're seeing? <laughs> it's not. About I'm to understand. You're also. Uh, you've also begun recently seeing a boy. Yeah, it's. it's you're spending not... most of your evenings with a boy. I'm glad that you brought up Stacy in this context. I want to be clear, as I think Stacy was in this novel, 
that it's not about the boy that I'm seeing so uh-huh. much as the people I'm leaving behind. So you've just outgrown. I've kind of outgrown all this bullshit. The podcast. Well, not the podcast, but you know, work. This is going work. to work, being at work. Uh huh. You just kind of over it, huh? Yeah, kind of past it. I've got you know, uh, Jack. No yes. one's forcing you to be. To quote the great uh, Jesse Ramsey. Wow, the, the no one is forcing you to be here. Yeah, well, that's why I'm. You should be pleased that I'm here of my own volition and only about ten minutes late. But Tanner, to reaffirm my dedication to this joint enterprise of ours, just before I got on this call with you, uh, mm-hmm. my baby was crying outside the door, and you know what I did. I asked that he be moved so that he not pick up on the audio. <laughs> you asked you asked your um, recently home from the hospital <laughs> wife, recovering from childbirth, if you would please move the baby Cyril. Yeah, please move baby Cyril into um, uh, another room away from the recording studio because he's picking up on on the audio. And listen, whatever. Well, you thank think, you. That's that's what I yeah. expect. You know, I was worried about your convictions. I was worried mm-hmm. about your dedication to this podcast, but it's nice to know that you still care about Baby Nation. You still care about me. You still care about the quality of this show. I particularly care about the audio integrity of this show. In fact, I would put that at number one. Everything else comes next. Wow, you heard of here first, Baby Nation. Are you familiar with the uh, hit Marvel comic, Night Nurse? <laughs> Do you there's mean Nightcrawler? S- no, there's He a teleports? Series, there's a series of <gasps> Wait, comics. Wait, can your baby teleport? N- no. <laughs> Is that, that what you're about to tell of. me? <laughs> he teleported out Mut- of Sarah. Uh, mutant, uh, mutant powers generally uh, manifest around puberty. <laughs> so you wouldn't know until then. Okay. Oh, so I've got to wait till he's like 12, 13? Yeah, I mean, sometimes they manifest earlier, but generally around puberty. <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. I'll keep an eye out for it. I can't believe you're not familiar with Night Nurse. It, it's the, the characters who live in Hell's Kitchen, a man named Daredevil um, and some other folks, mm-hmm. um, are yeah, tended no, to. I know who Night by, Nurse is. Played by Rosario Dawson in the hit Netflix TV series, Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is what my life is like now, except... If the superhero's superpower was shitting himself, <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesus said, "Give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime." Something when along did those he lines. Say that? Okay. Yep. Have you taught Cyril not to shit his pants, <laughs> or have you tried? I've implored him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you know what? Actually, show here's an example. This is actually, this is like a thing that only dads know, so uh, it's new to you. It's actually better that they shit their pants, because the alternative is really bad. What's that's the alternative? That's when they, when they shit and they don't have their pants on. Oh, yeah. Because then it's just... <laughs> then it's just in the, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so fun. Sounds like hell, man. But here we are. You had your baby less than a week ago. And here I am, back in the fucking you saddle a, like You have a, a six-day at home. Yeah. Uh, And you decided it was the appropriate time. You texted me the other day, said you got a lot of free time on your hands. I got got a lot of free time on my hands during the day. Yeah. And I have two babies in my life, Tanner. Baby Cyril and Baby Uh Nation. Nice. (laughs) Cyril, um, Baby Nation, I should explain. Jack's baby's name is Cyril James Morgan Shepard. Jack insists that Cyril Mm -hmm. rhymes with squirrel. Yeah, because he's British. <laughs> yeah. 
Cyril. If you've ever needed evidence that Jack is British, it's he thinks Cyril rhymes with squirrel. Also, if you've ever needed evidence that I'm British, it's that I named my child a name that was very popular at the turn of the century in England. Yeah. Around, I looked it up. Is it a f- Around 1900, name, it was a top 200 name in 1900. Oh, okay. <laughs> it... Also fits my second important criterion, which was uh, it has a strong Greek root uh-huh. from kurilos, meaning lordly, because he's right. a little lord. And uh, uh, it is a character from a Victorian children's novel that Sarah and I both grew up on. Yeah, you sent me um, a poem of some sort. Fourth point, mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this, but Cyril was actually the name of my kidney stone. What? I know, right? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No, That's it was so Cyril unlikely. all along. I cuz I looked this up and like there are like less than 80 people a year named Cyril. It's very unpopular. No, I know. What are the fucking but odds? I was a really big fan of this um British like turn of the century British poem and Do you I mean figured children's book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so it's called um Five Children and It. It's by Edith Nesbitt. It was written in 1902. E Nesbitt. Yeah. I um Edith. I call her Edith. Yeah. Because I'm like a Enes, super fan. Yeah, author yeah, of yeah. the Railway Children. Right, right, right. So I I'm a huge fan of hers and uh I kinda named my kidney stone after that. Cool. D- did you like the Five Children in It sequels? Loved them. Which one was your fave? Um, of course my favorite was Phoenix in the Carpet? Yeah, no, actually that one was my favorite. <laughs> I'm so pleased to hear it. <laughs> hi hi. And welcome Hi, to the Babysitter's Jack. Club Club. Club. Wow, you're way off. I was still searching for Edith Nesbitt books. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, father of Cyril. And I, Tanner Greenring, father of Cyril as well. Okay. Talk about the classic novels. Sorry, I got it. Cyril. My <laughs> Cyril, the kidney stone. I think you would probably be passer of Cyril. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm. So Should we try that again? from the top. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, father of Cyril, and I, Tanner Greenring, passer of Cyril, <laughs> talk about the classic novels of the Maybe princess- you should say father of Cyril the baby, and I'll say passer of Cyril the kidney stone. Do you want to do it one more time? Yeah, let's take it from the top. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, father of Cyril the baby, and I, Tanner Greenring, passer of Cyril the kidney stone- Talk about the classic novels of The Princess of the Prince of Towns, Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn and Sanctified, Bane to Bats, Mother of Clocks, First of Her Name, Last of Her Kind, Last Hope for Humankind, and author of the great Sitter's Cycle. Uh, can of I ask which a question read- real quick? Jack, can I interrupt you yep. real quick? Oh boy, Jack? I love it when you. I you know I love it when you. Jack, interrupt can I interrupt? Me, real but I particularly quick? love it when you interrupt me right when I'm just about to say the title of the book. But please do carry on. Um, what time and date was Cyril born? October twelfth at one forty nine p.m. Were there any storms? I'm looking. Austin, Texas, October twelfth, two thousand seventeen. <sighs> okay, no. <laughs> so he's not to- storm born. I'm sorry, man. That must be heartbreaking for you. Well, he- it was like it was a clear sunny day. It looked <laughs> like it was a beautiful day actually. It was wow, 88. Yikes. Um he shits his pants a lot. Is that special? Um 
I don't know. Uh, we have again. We haven't gotten to know all of the um, ghostwriters yet. Yeah. So it could be that one of them, one of their <laughs> things, is shits their pants all the time. Maybe Ellen Miles. Yeah. In which case, that would be notable. Yeah, but yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for it. Um, we call him the Squirrel. It's pretty cute. Cyril, Cyril the Squirrel. Cyril the Squirrel. <laughs> this week, Baby Nation, we read a book, and boy, was it a book. We read a book called Stacy versus the BSC. I'm almost too excited to talk about it. I am thrilled to talk about it. it. It's it was just packed to the gills, packed to the McGills with content. It was packed to the McGills with content, Baby Nation. So much going on, so much tension. Ends on a cliffhanger. Not really. I hope. Guess not, what? At least. Yeah, it does. The I seven hope it are doesn't. no longer one. Yeah, it does. Did you not finish it? No, I finished it. It ends on like a kind of cliffhanger, but I hope it's not a cliffhanger. Oh, I, hope I see it's what resolved. you're saying. Yeah, Stacy's out, baby nation. Yeah, fuck Stacy. Goodbye, Stacy. There's only six members of the BSC right now. Yeah, Stacy's over. Cut her loose. Fired from the babysitters club. Oh, fucking fired. Fucking God, fired. I knew Christy. it. I fucking knew I had a bad feeling about her all along, man. Oh, you baby were nation. Right. You've all been tweeting me. You're like, why do you hate Stacy so much? This is why. I could sense it. I could feel it. First babysitter to be fired. Can I read Anne's happy reading section? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a very happy reading. It was more like a fucking good riddance section. Oh, no. Anne was thrilled. Yeah. Yeah, she couldn't fucking wait. Happy reading exclamation point. Yeah. Anne M. Martin. Yeah, happy reading. I've been been working on this for 85 fucking books. (laughs) (laughs) Dear reader, Stacy versus the BSC brings about a big change for the babysitter's club. Stacy is the first BSC member ever to be fired by Christy. When I was thinking about the series and what was happening to each of the characters, it seemed logical to me that one of the BSC members might lose interest in the club, and Stacy seemed like the most likely person. Changes in friendships can be difficult. People come and go in our lives all the time. I don't even know where a lot of the kids I went to elementary school with are now, but I've made lots of friends as an adult. Luckily for me, though, I had one close friend for almost all my life. Beth McKeever Perkins and I have been friends since we were in preschool, just like Christy and Marianne. That means that Beth and I have been friends for nearly 40 years. Of course, we had our share of fights, but we always managed to work things out. Some fresh friendships are made to last, so who knows what will happen with Stacy and Claudia. Happy reading! <laughs> Happy reading! <laughs> wow. And she says Stacy and Claudia, a friendship that was also severed. But right. uh, that's been on the rocks. She doesn't even say who knows what will happen with Stacy and Christy or Stacy and Marianne. It's fucking no, they're over. Done. Or Stacy and Dawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo. Dawn is pissed. We saw another yeah. side of Dawn this week. Yeah. Fucking hell. Well, should we describe these novels first and then get into it? Because there's a lot to talk about. <sighs> yeah, let's, let's do it. All right. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to describe this novel, and then I was thinking maybe you could take a run at it. Fine, man. I'm just ready to go. Let's get into it. Let's get into the meat of this. I love it. All right. I'm going to describe this novel, then I'm going to put 60 seconds on a big bad clock and have you describe the novel. But in the meantime, I'm going to begin now. St. Paul was quite clear in his letter to the Corinthians that when we become men, we must first put away childish things. And Henry, for all his great qualities, could never become king until he rejected Falstaff and all of his friends. But neither of them had to face a choice quite like the choice that Anastasia McGill must face on her journey of becoming. 
Neither of them had to look kind Marianne Spear in the eye and say farewell, or face down brave Christy Thomas, or turn their backs on dear, sweet Jesse Ramsey as they walked out the door. Neither of them had to tell Claudia Kishi it was over. But this is the crossroads where Stacy McGill has arrived, and this is her awful burden. To step boldly into the future that is hers by right, she must also step away from the past that created her, that made her who she is, that, even now, is the only thing that sustains her. To embrace her birthright and her destiny, Anastasia must shun everything and everyone that she holds dear, and she may not have the strength to do it. Stacy versus the BSC. Powerful, huh? Your you you want me to acknowledge that your thing is powerful. I captured through my prose and my eloquence the power that is inherent in this book that Pete and Anne brought to life. I don't know. I wasn't listening. I was too excited. (laughs) (laughs) What a book, Baby Nation. What a novel. Stacy's out. Stacy's fucking fired. You're fired, Stacy. Stacy's gone. Back to New York. Who knows? She's got a new group of friends. I'm just this quickly week. looking ahead to see if someone replaces her. I can't imagine. No, next book is Dawn and the School Spirit War. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in the th- series of novels about Stacy, Robert, Wayne, Sheila, Alex, and Andy, Here's her the new thing. fucking best friends. Here's the thing. Yeah. Stacy is not in the Babysitter's Club anymore. Mm-hmm. So if there are any Babysitter's Club books about her, we skip them yeah. now. We'll just skip them. Yeah. They're non-canon. It's going to be about, like, Stacy going to see a fucking Jason Priestley movie with, like, Wayne and Alex. Right. And, and I'm just not that. interested in that. I'm reading B- Babysitter's Club books, not Stacy McGill, like, independent sitter. We're interested in babysitting, not, right. like, Frenching at the movies. Right. Uh, there I mean, was a time I'm, in my life where I may have been yeah. interested in that, but that, that yeah. those times are long gone. That opportunity has come and gone. Right. If you didn't do it at and during a certain window, you're never going to do it. You and know? now collectively we're dads, you know? Yeah. Nobody wants to see dads frenching at the movies. Yeah. You know? It's just not, you know? Child so is we crying. We have new interests. You know? Right. But you know what? You know what John said to Peter? Pike? No, in the Bible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Something about putting away childish things. Put away childish things. Yeah. <laughs> like making out at Jason Priestley movies. Yeah. Let's just not. Let's not. Tanner, I was thinking maybe you could describe this novel yeah. for us. Yeah. Right. I'm looking through my notes. Okay, good. Here's what I'm going to do while you're looking through your notes. I've, I've got this big bad clock here, Tanner. I'm going to put 60 seconds on it, and I want you to describe this novel during those 60 seconds. Are you ready to do that? I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> I'm ready. I'm going to begin now. Woo-hoo, baby nation. <laughs> Sorry, that spiked, but ding dong, the witch is dead. Which old witch? Stacy McGill, that's who, fired by the Babysitter's Club's president and CEO, Christy Thomas. Call the tabloids because it turns out that Stacy McGill is is dead and gone. She's not actually <laughs> dead. She's fine and healthy, but she's no longer in the Babysitter's Club, and therefore, nothing that we have to be concerned about anymore. 
Um, geez, what happened in this book? Stacy, for the last few books, has been missing meetings. This book continues that trend. Um, it turns out that she's missing meetings because she's so in love with Robert. The the much prophesied boy craziness of Stacy from her very early introduction has continued through to book 83 or whatever we're on now. Uh, and 84, 83, 82. Oh, you're counting down. Uh <laughs> Anyway, Stacy got fired. <laughs> Time. <laughs> um, I thought you were trying to tell me what book we were on, but you were counting yeah. down. <laughs> I was counting down your, that you had 10 seconds left and you hadn't, in your exuberance, described any of the real plot details of this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Ding Dong the Witch is dead. Ding Dong, huh? Bye, Stacy. Bye, Stacy. Sorry, Stacey, Baby Nation, goodbye. I know it feels cruel. I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to be cruel. I don't mean to really be like relishing in this young girl's firing. Stacy was very difficult in this book. We've always had our issues with Stacy, but she sucked in this book. She's been difficult um, since the Fire Island trip. It's this Robert character. Right. Well, so let's talk about that because I want to talk about Stacy and Replacey. Okay, <laughs> we brought this up in our, I, if I remember correctly, because it was before uh cyril and it was after cyril the kidney stone entered the world and before Mm -hmm. cyril the baby entered the world Uh, but if i remember correctly last time we talked about stacy it kind of became clear that she has maybe been replaced replaced with with whom well that the stacy that we're dealing with is not the stacy oh i thought you meant in the in the bsc i no, i mean in these novels you mean right? You mean actual? She's been that at some point Stacey body snatched, just, right? And and she's somebody is in her place. I have been call, calling that person replacey, which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I'm here. Uh, this is the first time I've heard you call on that. But yeah, well, I just came up with it, right? <laughs> but there's something there. I like, and the thing that that I was thinking about in particular is do you, thinking back to the first Stacy title. Do you remember what that was called? Um, Stacy and the Dangerous Secret, or something like that. Very bad. You're very bad at this. It was called The Truth About Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think at the time and throughout, you and I have always been bemused and baffled by that because it's revealed in book one, Christie's Great Idea, and confirmed in book two, Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls, that Stacy has diabetes. It's not a secret. Not a secret. And yet they have this whole book that's called The Truth About Stacy, where it seems like the big reveal is The truth that's diabetes. revealed is that she has diabetes, which doesn't make any sense because we we know that. Well, what if the truth about Stacy is something else? What if the truth about like it wasn't a reveal that she had diabetes? Right. Like the truth about Stacy is I'm that just she trying to th- lies. Okay. The truth about Stacy is that she's becoming something. Right in that book, the truth about Stacy. If you'll remember the plot of it, a babysitter's agency like comes into town to rival the babysitters' club, and they're all bad girls, and they like talk to their boyfriends on the phone while they're babysitting, and like right, 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 like don't really care about like the art and the like the ancient art of sitting. Like they care about like boys and movies and like oldest profession in the world, Frenching the oldest profession in the world. I think is what they say about babysitting. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably true. Um, <laughs> but in this book, 
this final book about Stacy, right? And the first book about Stacy, the truth about Stacy, like this concept is introduced about this, like these alternative babysitters who are bad at it. And in this book, that's what Stacy has become. Right. But this is this is a lead up. Like she's been bad the last few books. She's been missing meetings. She's been late to meetings. She's been canceling on babysitting jobs at the last second. Sure, but she never did anything in the past, in the past couple books where that has been foreshadowed as bad as what she did in this book. Baby Nation Tanner didn't describe this novel for you at all, and I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to give him that one as a freebie because he was genuinely gleeful and exuberant and and wanted to exult in the Schadenfreude. Uh, of of Stacy's departure, and I understand that, and I feel like he has earned that. But some of the things that Stacy did in this book, eighty three books, Baby Nation. I've been warning you all for eighty three <laughs> books. I've been saying this whole time, Stacy's bad news, and all some of, of you things- kept tweeting at me like, "Stacy's not so bad. She was my favorite growing right. up." Listen, you've Wrong. taken your victory lap. You took your victory lap during the time where we described this novel, and now I'm doing cleanup for you. Don't take a victory lap while I'm doing cleanup for you. I'm just saying she's a dingleberry. Should have been trying called to keep Stacey the trains the running here. Great. Okay. Book. Got it? You got it out? Uh-huh. Got it out. Okay, good. Some of the things that she did in this novel, Charlotte Johansson, her like the child who looks up to her. Stacy missed her piano. Almost recital. sister. Almost sister. Right. Stacy missed her piano recital and that she that she had encouraged her to do at a talent show. Uh, she missed it and Charlotte Johansson like wept and left the fucking stage. Um Stacy, here's a fucking this is the crime of crimes. Stacy throws a fucking party with this Robert character, who I'm starting to cool actually he's very cool. I Robert is No, great. he's not. He's not cool, man. He knows what he's doing. He's manipulating her. Stacy and Robert throw this fucking party, this huge blowout. Everyone, everybody at SMS is talking about it. It's like the fucking event of the season. Everybody's invited except the fucking BSC. Right. They're too childish. They're too immature. Immature. And they have it at Stacy. It's supposed to be at Robert's house. There's a there's a scheduling conflict. They have to have it at Stacy's house. Donna and Marianne show up like, hey, Stacy, what? Oh. Oh. We were just going to come and say hi, but I guess you invited everyone in school over except us? Yeah. And then she fucking- even, She invites Claudia as well. She drags which Claudia is into to it. injury for, for the Schaefer Spear girls it's brutal so we talked about robert a little bit and we talked about whether there might be a truth about stacy that had not was not revealed in the novel the truth about stacy and i want to kind of tie it together a little bit is robert the snake in the grass all along i don't know okay i don't know because robert logan we talked about logan exceptionally good behavior lately Robert to the no Logan, Logan. yeah to yeah. the point that you and I talked a few weeks ago about how we we sort of forgot that he may be um, the snake in the grass snake in the grass we like I think that that there's something going on with Logan and I'm not even saying that he's not the snake in the grass that we have too much evidence that he is but when Logan first came on the scene new baby bees in book ten Logan likes Marianne it was clear that he had ulterior motives and specifically that those motives were to destabilize the babysitters club to destabilize this this group of strong women who work together by pulling them apart from the inside by taking Marianne away and that was his goal and that's his role in this but Robert, Robert Brewster, who has the same kind of charming affect 
feels guileless and fun, has ended up accomplishing what Logan, the Lightbringer, could never accomplish. Well, so this is this is my worry, is that Logan has been flying under the radar. Logan's been a relatively normal teenaged boy now. Right. For, se- for yeah. so long. I wonder if the, the devil works in sort of tricky ways and has well, managed has to passed. somehow like jump to another vessel. Maybe it wasn't maybe Logan Bruno yeah. was just, just a container for it for the light brain. A dark evil. Well, let me just, let me tell you something that might back this up. I looked up the etymology of Robert. Mm-hmm. It is from the Proto Germanic. Hrothi meaning glory, and Bert, meaning bright or light. <laughs> wow. It just feels like glorious a light. Little, little bit of a coincidence that we have another light bringer on our hands. Huh. And he has succeeded where Logan failed. Stacy's out. She's gone. She fucking no, quit. No, no, no. She, he, she, no, she didn't quit. She was fired. He succeeded where Logan left off. Right. Logan Logan loosened the pickle jar and Robert came yeah. in and tore the Just lid right off. Jimmy that off and had some Logan, tasty sweet pickles. Logan came in and he thought he found a weak target. He was like, yeah. "Oh, there's this very sensitive girl." Right. Called Snip, Marianne. Sniveling Marianne. Yeah. Yeah, and she's going to be our way in. She's going to be the the weak link in all of this. And then right. it took too long and and Robert the like d- d- demi demon Right. Came in and was like, you got to move this along, kid. Yeah. So it it makes more sense that these two are are in league in some way. Right. Like, why not not attack them on all fronts? (sighs) Wow. I would like, Tanner, before we move on, to go and grab a beer for myself. Okay. Um, Should I do the same or? Yeah, why not? Okay, I'll do the same. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's Jerks, Jumping Jerks, Jack's jumping jerks. and Tanner's Tiny, Tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. I'm really I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're now back. now I'm, I'm embracing it i'm playing it i'm having so much fun with it i love it okay well i'll start uh so one of my experiences playing the game that i really enjoy is um i really like picking which fiends to use and upgrading them and building a crack team as i go through the levels my favorite is mordecai okay that's not one it's my favorite fiend what level are you on jack i am somewhere in the 40s (laughs) (laughs) okay and yourself Seven D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates thousand. all the time, so you can keep at playing least as seventy thousand. Yes, 
So yep. that's what level I'm on, and we'll, I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge worthy and it's like, it's bite size. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, only at night okay perfect i'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started i i really want to play more (laughs) yeah jack i do love the game it's very fun and we were competing but i have so many phone problems is it possible that you're holding your phone upside down tried that yeah okay you know you can hold your phone sideways too yeah (laughs) And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> Ultimately, Jack. Jack, welcome back. How's the baby? Uh, baby seems fine. I mostly just went to get a beer. Ultimately... <laughs> It doesn't matter if Robert is a new Dark Lord manipulating these girls, because he did his job, and we never have to think about him <laughs> or Stacy again. Yeah, fair. And here's something else I'll say about Robert. When he's not being a Dark Lord and manipulating these poor girls, and like breaking up like the, the greatest friendship that ever existed... Um, aside from ours, but yes. Aside from ours, um, the, the the eternal friendship between Claudia and Stacy. He is a cool dude. Did you see, did you figure out, did you do the math on what movie they went to go see? I did my best. I went to like Box Office Mojo and like scoured 1995 oh. for either a basketball movie, sorry, scoured May of 1995, yeah. which is, or 19, yeah, 1995, which is when this book was published, for either a basketball movie or a movie starring Jason Priestley, and neither seemed to have existed. Oh, I've got it nailed. So here's the here's a quote that Tanner and I obviously like <laughs> immediately rushed to our Wikipedias for. Uh, Stacy is talking to Claudia about the date she's going on with Robert. Where are you two going? Claudia asked. To the Rosebud Cafe and then the Cineplex, I said. He wants to see this basketball movie. Oh, gag me, said Claudia, which is a cool thing to say. The new Jason Priestley movie's playing there too. Very hot. Definitely skip the basketball. I think she means that Jason Priestley is hot. You know what basketball movie came out in 1995, Tanner? Space Jam? No, that was 1997, I think, or six. Basketball Diaries. Oh, really? That was yeah. that early? Yeah. Huh. That, so it's not like a fun basketball movie. Like, Robert's into some like <laughs> yeah. dark no, shit. No, I would rather go see something other than Basketball Diaries as well. It's not a good date movie. That's fucking, like, it's a Baby Nation, for those of you who weren't born in the last century, uh, Basketball Diaries is a movie starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. 
about like it's not really about basketball he happens to be on a basketball team but the main thing is that they all get addicted to heroin yeah it's kind of a really really severe drug addiction movie <laughs> it's very intense so that's cool that that's what robert was into uh, the jason Priestley movie for what it's worth there was a jason Priestley movie that came out in 95 it's called cold-blooded it doesn't look very good uh, but i want to talk about the the other things that robert's into He's into <laughs> okay. Stacy says that Robert is into metal and alternative. That's like to, for me for the BSC universe that really was jarring to me. That means he's listening to like Silverchair, like Seven say, Mary Three. The, who are the metal bands of 1995? Metallica. Rammstein. Oh yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Du Hast. He's listening to Rammstein in 95. Now that's like new metal. Sure, man. <laughs> uh, System of a Down. He's probably jamming out to System of a Down in 95. I think Alice in Chains probably had a record out then. It was a little bit later, Alice in Chains, but uh, they, maybe Jar of Flies came out in 95. Um, again, that's kind of grunge, but they definitely get classified as metal sometimes. White Zombie? I bet he's listening to more human than human. I feel like White Zombie had an album out in 95. There was an Alice in Chains uh, album was it, that year. Was it Jar of Flies? Um, it, was, it was self-titled. Huh. Oh, really? Oh, that's it was early. called Alice no. in Chains. Okay. All right. Well, according to this Wikipedia article, the Slipknot formed in 1995. Oh, wow. So he was like early S- Slipknot, probably. I'm looking up Cannibal Corpse right now. Uh, so did Evanescence. Evanescence formed in 1995. Oh, boy. Stained. Uh, formed System in System ni- of a Down. Robert is a pretty intense and interesting dude. For a 13-year-old, he's listening to fucking, like, that's some heavy stuff. He's going to see Basketball Diaries, a movie yeah. about heroin addiction in theaters. <laughs> yeah. He's trying, like, exotic new international dishes like the fiesta burger at palace (laughs) and he's just like fucking jamming out to cannibal corpse the fiesta burger comes with something on it called guac there it's pretty guac it's shaking stony brook to its core (laughs) they brought this burger up from latin america and it's got something called guac on it it sounds good it's like crushed avocados yeah (laughs) It's a it's a it's a crushed it's like a fruit from a tree called an uh, av- oh, avocado <laughs> and they crush it into guac. That's not the only novelty that this group of friends bring in. Uh, Robert has a cool catchphrase. I think did you catch it? Oh yeah, I caught it and I I couldn't quite make sense of it. Me neither. It's very it's very it feels very misplaced. Yeah. Are you going to change? I asked, looking at Robert's windbreaker. His smile disappeared, and he gave me this sad, droopy look. I thought you liked me the way I am. No, I didn't mean that kind of change. I meant... Robert laughed. Rank, he right. said. <laughs> it sort of seems like it meant it, it's taking the, taking the place of psych. Rank. 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 I mean, this is sweet Peter Larangis, so I'm not going to question him. He knows his fucking 90s slang. Rank. I didn't know it, and I couldn't get it from the context. Rank. It sounded cool. It sounds cool, and I might start using it myself. Yeah. Except I don't like Robert. Yeah. Yeah. We're we love. And it would feel like a betrayal. You know who I fucking miss, dude? Is Pete Black. There's a new Pete Black, man. Oh yeah. We're over Pete Black. Pete Black is is done. He's behind us. He turned too corporate when he became like class uh, president. school president. Right. Well, who's the new Pete Black? I thought it was Robert. Tell you, man. Shit, I'm thrilled to hear this. All of our talking made us hungry. No one said a word for about 10 minutes. We just stuffed and stuffed. The place was starting to fill up now. 
out of the corner of my eyes, I saw Carlos Mendez. Oh, yeah. He's this movie star handsome guy who goes to Stony Brook High School. He used to go out with Sabrina Bouvier, who goes to SMS. Carlos Mendez, like always in the background. He continues to sort of haunt these pages. And he's just, his reputation is growing week after week. He's just so handsome. He's so cool. Like, first he was just, like, winking at all the girls at a dance. Yeah. And now he's movie star handsome. Well, and normally, like, if somebody, like, in the SMS hierarchy, if somebody got dumped by Sabrina Bouvier, they'd be fish food. They're done. But not Carlos Mendez. He just brushes it off. He's like, I'm done with Sabrina Bouvier. I ended it. I'm fucking movie star handsome. I'm Carlos fucking Mendez. Anyway, Carlos Mendez, I think we should keep an eye on him. He He is a very intriguing character terry we've got a few songs that we need to sing okay can i suggest one or do you have one in mind that you want to sing i wanted to start with the um <gasps> i want one larangers moment in time this book is more than i thought it would be when all of these jokes were a page flip away and the stories are all up to him give me one Lorenzo's moment in time the girls are racing with destiny then in that Wow, that one really goes on, huh? Yeah. It, mercifully, my uh, my Discord call cut out at the end, so I didn't hear have to hear you hit that high note. It was beautiful. Uh, set to the tune of um, One Moment in Time by Whitney Houston. That was from Baby B Caroline at mm, Delicious Pie on Twitter. Thank you, Baby B Caroline, and thank you for your obviously awesome Twitter handle. Baby Nation, in case you don't know what this is, uh, the... Songs that are submitted for this segment are submitted by loyal members of Baby Nation, so it's a different song every time. And what the song is about is our boy, Sweet Pete Larangis, one of the great, possibly the greatest ghostwriter in Anna Martin's League of Extraordinary Possibly the greatest writer. Possibly the greatest writer. Let's just shorten it. Possibly the greatest writer, Pete Larangis. And the Larangis moment is the moment when either Tanner or I discovered that this book could only have been written by Sweet Pete Larangis. Mine is real short, and it was early on, so I'm just going to get it out. Okay. Uh, It's just a a nice little touch. They're explaining Doomsday, which is a pretty common thing. It's Stacy's only job, and she's gotten bad at it. Uh, It's when they have to uh, collect the the tithe, if you will, that uh, the babysitters pay into the common kitty to keep the club running. Here's what Stacy says. Paying dues is not exactly a festive occasion at BSC meetings, but it's necessary. And whenever enough money is left over in the treasury, and whenever enough money is left over in the treasury, we use it for discretionary surplus enhancement. Translation, pizza party. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good, Pete. 
Good, good work, Pete. You're a master of words, Pete. He's a he's a master wordsmith. Discretionary surplus enhancement. Thank you, Pete. I have so many Larange's moments I can't pick. You have to, buddy. You gotta. God, there's so many good ones. Can I, I'm going to read one, and then I'm okay. going to read another, and then I'll probably read another. Jesus, okay. Um, Charlotte Johansson is at the... Uh, so, Baby Nation, we didn't get into this book at all, but when the Babysitter's Club is not fighting with Stacy, they are organizing a baby talent show for all of their sitting charges. Yeah, Pete did kind of an interesting thing, this book. For the B-plot, he chose the most standard, like, boilerplate B-plot. Ba- right. All the babies are having a talent show, but he made it work. I think it's a stroke of genius. He yeah. didn't want to distract from what was the real tension of this book. That's what I was going to say. It was brilliant. In, a, in the hands of a lesser ghostwriter, it wouldn't have worked. It would be like, really? A fucking talent show? We did a talent show in, like, fucking Mallory's on strike, you know? Like, we don't need We've a done fucking... a talent show so many times. Yeah. Uh, but Pete makes it work, and and it was actually the right choice for this because there's so much going on in the A plot. As mentioned, Stacy encourages Charlotte Johansson to get up and play piano. She's uh, uh, learning the piano. And now, a special treat for all of you. Charlotte Johansson, who has been studying piano intensively for weeks, shall play a song by a famous composer, um, by one of the greatest musicians of all time. Christy glanced back towards Charlotte. That was when Claudia noticed that Charlotte was looking into the audience, her face ashen. By, uh, by, Christy sputtered. Nobody, Mallory whispered. It's just a song. Songheim, Stephen Songheim, <laughs> Christy improvised. And now, without further further ado, let's give it up for Charlotte Johansson. <laughs> and then Charlotte Johansson plays like a C scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she plays, masterfully plays a Stephen Songheim. <laughs> Uh, um, good and then, he's a wordsmith God, there's just so many here man there's just so many good ones can I read one more good one to you I'll give you it's one more also in the talent show yeah <laughs> uh, next buddy did his famous imitations Bugs Bunny Sylvester the Cat Yogi Bear and Mickey Mouse each of which sounded remarkably like Buddy Barrett <laughs> <laughs> yeah good <laughs> good good it's a very vivid picture that he painted there. It's just Buddy ba- Barrett being like, I'm Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love me. It's like, Buddy Barrett, that's not even Mickey Mouse's catchphrase. <laughs> I'm the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good. this is a, Pete was Pete was firing on all cylinders. Pete today. was on fire. You you can understand why Anne handed this one to Pete. She's like, Stacy's getting fired. <laughs> yeah. We're to give this one to Pete. We need our best man on this one. We got another song we'd like to sing, Tanner. Um, okay. When heaven and hell is not you. May I make a suggestion? Okay. Um, if you'll indulge me for a moment. Mm-hmm. I will swallow him. Swallow him wherever he may go There isn't an ocean too deep A mountain so high it can keep me away from him Uh, That was a rare swallow him into the dark suggestion (laughs) from Baby B. Scott at Periodically Pod on Twitter set to the tune of I Will Follow Him from Sister Act. Also, apologies for saying I will swallow him. Yeah. 
And apologies for what we're about to say, which is... And I said, uh, uh, swallow, swallow me, down. me down, uh, uh, and that's that loving sound. Wow, a lot of songs for this one. Yeah, this is a this is a musical episode, Baby Nation. Um, there's right. nothing we can do about it. But hey, you know what that is? New Baby Bees? That is a segment where we talk about the work of Babysitter's Club art director Hodges Swallow, the brilliant and deranged genius who paints from the recesses of his dark and twisted mind the covers of the Babysitter's Club books. And this week, have you taken a look at the cover, Tanner? I'm looking at it now. So the first thing that stands out, and this is usually the reason why we do this segment, is uh, this didn't happen. This scene didn't happen. This didn't this is, happen. This is a dream sequence. This is a dream sequence. So what we have here, the babysitters, all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them are at a movie. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe it's Basketball Diaries. It doesn't look like it because they all look like they're having a fucking blast. Well, but look at the people in the background. So that's what I was going to say. So like Baby Nation, this is this is a very <laughs> sweet scene. They're all watching a movie together. Everyone in the scene is very colorful. They're all having a lot of fun. And then I just want to draw your attention, Jack. Yeah. There's a man. There's a man. Yeah. There's a man. There's two men, actually. There's one man in particular who's really freaking me out. Yeah. He's, he's right to the left of Jesse Ramsey's head. Yeah. He's kind oh. of peeking out from behind her head. He's got what I would describe as a rictus grin. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> no hollow eyes? black <laughs> eyes. You Like, Baby Nation, you know eye holes? Like the holes where your eyes go? Imagine if there weren't eyes got in em. those he's holes. He's got them. He's there's got them. <laughs> and he's like... He's like, yeah, he's like, but he's got this, he almost looks like he's screaming. His mouth is fixed in what I would describe as a rictus. And everyone else in this, everyone else in this painting, including the background characters, are all fully realized and have, I would say, like, flush and colorful faces. Yeah. His is, like, gray. But, yes, and, but everyone else in the background has these flush and colorful faces, but like they look like they are watching the basketball diaries. Right. They look like the children of the corn. They just like they're like have like blank expressions. Right. Then we've got Mr. Rictus Grin, one row in front of them. And then in the very front, the babysitters club are like having the time of their lives. They're like laughing and like Marianne right. is th- like hurt throwing popcorn. This uh, man sorry. is also yeah. not watching the movie. He's staring with his hollow eyes right at the babysitters club. Yeah. Christy is throwing popcorn at Mary. Do we suspect that this is Robert, perhaps? Oh, do you think that's Robert? The the smiler. We yeah. call him the smiler. The smiling man. Do you think the smiling man is Robert? That would make sense. And it, it's actually, I, one wonders what Stacy sees in him. He seems handsome enough in terms of, like, he has high cheekbones. He's got, like, he's got a good hairline. He's got, like, a kind of a cool haircut. But as previously stated, he has holes where his eyes should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stacy's mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah. And his lips are always curled back in a horrifying yeah. grin. <laughs> yeah. He's always smiling and I can see like at 13 like you don't necessarily know what's right for you, but if somebody's like always in a good mood, like oh, that yeah. is God, he's so scary. Oh my god, he's fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, baby nation, we'll uh, we'll post a picture on the Facebook page. If you if you look even further back into the distance, we've got we've got a man walking back. 
we've got the Strider in the background. Right. And then he reminds me of um, the movie It Follows. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just a, he's walking at a steady pace towards these girls. Yeah, but never quite reaching them. Yeah, never. Nothing. Nothing will stop him from pursuing them. Then we have if you if you keep casting your eyes to uh, House Left. If you're following me here, it's a technical stage term. Keep casting your eyes to house left, stage right. You will see uh, there's a gentleman in black who's just kind of standing there. This is a movie, but what, what's why, okay. what's happening? Why is this gentleman in black standing there? Just stage kind of, left, house right, but I see what you mean. It's actually, oh shit, fuck, god damn it. <laughs> it's house right, st- stage left. Uh, well, actually, no, 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 I was right. I was thinking of them as being on the stage. Okay, but they're literally in the in the audience of a theater, Look, so that's confusing. This is an audio medium. Let's just say that what happened uh, is I did a bad job of describing where Tanner should look. There's a gentleman on the other side, all in black, and next to him is like it's just a face that's kind of melting into into a like a blue amorphous. It looks like a it looks like a doll's dress. Yeah, so that's that's troubling. Hodges once again. Uh, Wait, this didn't happen in the book. Here. I just, I just, I didn't notice this guy before. Well, first of all, <laughs> Mallory seems to be barfing, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, if all all of the BSC are like smiling and laughing, which is not. There are not very many funny scenes in Basketball Diaries, but whatever. Right. Mallory is barfing, <laughs> <laughs> which is maybe appropriate. Because She's having a different movie. experience. Like, I wonder if they're watching the the scene where like DiCaprio is like strung out on heroin. <laughs> <laughs> There's a man um, four seats down in the same row as the smiling man, who's, yeah. who's almost cut off, cut out of frame. He's just looking at he's, the smiling he's man, glancing anxiously towards the smiling man, and kind of has like a very nervous smile on his face. Like, huh? is oh. anyone else seeing this? Yeah. So, what do you think Hodges is trying to tell us there, or is it too inscrutable to? To try well, to this scene apart. didn't happen, and Stacy spent this entire book fighting with the other Babysitters Club members. Yeah. But in this scene, she is the center of attention. They're all laughing. They're all having a good time. They're all hugging Stacy while these while Mallory barfs. I wonder if it's you know what it is is probably it's I think Hodges is probably beaten up over the fact that Stacy is leaving, and 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 Pete were like, hey Hodges, like. You're our man, for better or for worse, through thick and through thin. You are the guy who always paints these covers. So I know you love Stacy, but like we're doing this one where Stacy gets fired and no one ever sees her again. Could you draw a picture of like the scene where uh, Stacy confronts the BSC in a meeting and she says, "I quit," and Christy says, "You can't quit. You're fired." Just right. have Christy like pointing her finger at Stacy and Stacy like the walking out the door. Draw the fucking scene. If you need and- a fun scene, draw the guac scene. And what Hodges ends up doing is just like reaches into his like memory palace and draws like the babysitters club are all happy and nothing is wrong. But like he can't (laughs) quite get it right because like in the background, like everything is just like like going dark and weird and haunt (laughs) Hodges in his day to day life. Like they're all there. The The smiling man is like Hodges' dad. So this was this this cover was very much about Hodges. Yeah. Um and I am glad I'm I hope that translated Baby Nation. I know this is an audio medium. Um at least one of us knows that this is an audio well, medium. Well, we painted a, we painted a picture with our words. As did Hodges. Tanner Except he painted a picture with paint. Can I bring you on another journey with me? I would like to bring you on a journey. Okay, fine. Jack. Yes. Can I bring up something else that sort of spooked me out? Okay. I want to know what happened in 
Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. Do you want to read the relevant passage? Certainly. The Babysitter's Club, Stacy versus the BSC, Anna Martin, Scholastic Inc., for Molly Sumner and everyone in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. That is a great point. Baby Nation, Anna Martin does not normally dedicate these books. And when she does, she usually dedicates it to someone who, like, is a doctor who helped her, like, figure out diabetes so she could write realistically about the truth about Stacy. Right. Uh, this week, there is a dedication, and it is it just says, for Molly Sumner and everyone, every single person in Wauwatosa, in Wauwatosa Wisconsin. A suburb how, of Milwaukee. What's the population there? Population... 46,396. So Anna Martin dedicated this specific book to her friend Molly Sumner and 46,000 people in a small suburb of Milwaukee. What did they know that we don't? Why this book? What happened there? I'm looking up to see if there's any, like, dark history in Wauwatosa, but there doesn't seem to be anything in Wauwatosa at all. There's a secret that this small town that every, it's not just like someone in Wauwatosa knows. Every single person in Wauwatosa. This secret, whatever it is, is a secret that has been kept by 46,000 people. Right. Baby Nation, if you live in Wauwatosa yeah. or near Wauwatosa, it is your responsibility to yeah. Baby Nation and to the rest of Baby Nation, to us, Yeah. to go there and reveal whatever dark secret it is that they're keeping. Especially if it happened on June 10th. Oh, God, yes. Especially if it happened on June 10th. So we're getting closer, Baby Nation. We have now, thanks to Anne, we have a date and a time. And Christy brings this up, right? She says, we got to go through the W's We got when, when they're planning the talent show. She says, we've got the what, we got the when, and we've got the where. So what we have, Baby Nation, is we have the when... That is June 10th, and we have the where. That is Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. All we need now is the what. Troubling, troubling, troubling. Are you looking up anagrams? Yeah. <laughs> Please don't tell me that smi- the smiling man is not an anagram for no, there's Sumner. No, s- there's no smile. Uh, there's no eye. So, Tanner... If you know we Molly have... Sumner, if you live near Wauwatosa, it's your responsibility to email us, Jack and Tanner at babysittersclubclub.com, and let us know what is happening there. Right. Hey, Tanner, who's that knocking at the door? Uh, it might be my dog. He, when I close the office door, he sometimes scratches because his food and water isn't here. No, I'm doing a thing. Who's that knocking at the door? Oh. Um, what door? What door? Ask. The door to... <gasps> <laughs> Well, you can't yell too loud, Jack. You have a baby. Well, why did you say it quiet? I didn't want to disturb your baby. <laughs> did you catch what Claudia was dressed as this I week? I did not, man. I was too excited about Stacy getting fired. Let I me just realize uh, Claudia was in this book. Let me just run you through this, Tanner. Here's Stacy's description of her ex-best friend, Claudia Kishin. Anyway, Claudia the Chocoholic is thin, blemish-free, and stunning. She's Japanese-American with gorgeous jet-black hair and almond-shaped eyes, and her outfits are as abstract as her paintings. That day, for example, she was wearing this super baggy man's shirt that must have belonged to a sumo wrestler, 
Enormous light wool black trousers gathered at the waist with a silken sash and old work boots. Her hair was pulled back with a barrette in the shape of a set of teeth. Teeth? Teeth. Very original. Very cool. Very terrifying. <laughs> it's like, like a, she's wearing like, like a... all all grays and blacks, like a, an amorphous like large shirt that just like makes her body kind of disappear. And then over her head, she has this like large set of teeth, just like looking down at herself. Right. It sounds very Geiger. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like H.R. Geiger. It's all monochrome. And yeah. Baggy flesh and teeth. Yeah. You know who else has teeth, Tanner? The fucking Smiler. The sm- yeah, the Smiling Man. He has The teeth. Smiling Man. So That's this is good. Has. This is a dark book. <sighs> good book, though, huh? Yeah, very fired. good. Very good. Stacey gets fired. I think we're burning through segments here, and we're also- No, you're just going to keep burning through them, huh? Oh, if you want to talk about something else, I'm happy to, man. No, I've got one for you. <gasps> <laughs> Did it? I definitely woke my child up. God damn it, Jack! We're trying to keep, stay quiet. He doesn't like. Th- he wakes up when he fucking wants to, which is at around eleven o'clock when he wants to do the dance. He likes to do the dance at around right. eleven o'clock, and he shits his pants <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for five fucking hours. <laughs> <laughs> How does he so have that much a- shit in him? He's not gonna do that now because it's too early. He, he doesn't. You don't want to st- start the dance early, right? The, ball the best burn in this book is from an unexpected source. Okay. And it's from Mrs. McGill. Oh, uh, okay. First name not given. <laughs> or I can't remember what it is. I quickly made myself look like a human being. Then I pulled on my pants and ran downstairs. Mom was doing some work at the kitchen table. Can you see my pimple? I asked. Which one? Mom said with a straight face. <laughs> Good, Maureen. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Maureen. Maureen was fucking cool as hell today. She was she was doing her best. Maureen was doing her best. Stacey has his Maureen big was party. doing her best to look cool at a party like we would do our best to look cool at a party. Yeah. She's like, I'm gonna put on a backwards hat. Yeah. Yeah. She wears a backwards baseball cap to the party to like try to look cool. And Stacey catches her a bunch of times like introducing herself to the blender as like <laughs> yeah. a practice. Like, hi, I'm Stacey's mom. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, hey, it's Maureen. What's up, <laughs> kids? It's Maureen. Rank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't see the basketball diaries yet? Pretty <laughs> yeah. heavy, huh? <laughs> that heroin, quite a drug. <laughs> Speaking of, anyone know where I can score? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maureen is fucking killing it today. I had I had a couple burns. I like. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the painting that Claudia <laughs> yeah. paints of Stacy. Um, the book opens on this scene of Claudia painting Stacy, and Stacy's just like hanging out. This is a this could be a Larangus moment, honestly, because it's really well described. Yeah, Stacy's hanging out and posing for the picture but when when stacy eventually gets to look at the painting it's like this like it's very impressionistic shall we say and then fucking janine walks in (laughs) and just turns in and goes like is that a still life or a landscape (laughs) (laughs) 
Good. But my real burn this week, Tanner, was um, fucking Stacey McGill not inviting any of her fucking best friends to her fucking the party of the century. Like, fuck you, yeah. Stacey. Fuck you, Stacey. Here's another reason I hate Stacey, Jack. Just really yeah. quickly, while we're piling on. Before I could say a thing, the waitress arrived with two humongous pizzas, one with extra cheese and pepperoni, the other with pineapple slices? Yes, pineapple slices. It sounded revolting, sort of like lemon milk or chocolate asparagus. But you know what? It was fabulous. I ate two slices. Fuck you, Stacy. Pineapple pizza is the fucking worst. That's so corporate. That's like such a fucking corporate thing to say. Pineapple on pizza is the worst. If you like it, you're not welcome to listen to our show anymore. Yeah, I'm. I gotta. I gotta cosign on that. <laughs> but please do rate, review, and subscribe. But on iTunes. positively, say like yeah. I love the show until I was forced to stop listening because I enjoyed <laughs> pineapple on pizza. <laughs> and Stacey McGill is my favorite character. I had already written her off. Yeah, this is like this is a third of the way into the book when she's like, "I love pineapple on pizza." I'm like, "Fuck you! I'm done. I'm done. I'm, we're done here, Stacey." And then she gets fired, and it's like, "Oh, perfect. She's fucking fired." Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. The. Our night is impending, and the dance is about to begin. (laughs) (laughs) The dance with the Lord of Rot. (laughs) I am here, Jack. (laughs) Give me your baby's poopies. Oh, here we are. Um, So I'm gonna get ready to dance, but in the meantime, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you and the Baby Nation go. Baby Nation, I would like to thank you for all of your lovely reviews on iTunes. They mean the world to us, and. Baby bees who have not taken the time to give us a quick rating and review on iTunes, please do. Uh, it helps us to stay relevant. Tanner, you have a line that you say now. Jack, you were a beacon in the darkness. Okay. I love you, and I kiss you. Thank you, Tanner. Baby Nation, this week we read a book that was called Stacy versus the BSC. And in that book, Stacy was fired, so there are only six members. Who knows what's going to happen next? Next week... We're reading a book called Dawn and the School Spirit War. Spirit War? A spirit war. I cannot fucking wait. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It, it looks like Anna's really going for it. We got Dawn. It's finally we got happening. Spirit War. Shit is going to go pretty wild, I think. Ooh, it took 84 books, Baby Nation, but it's happening. It's all yeah. coming together. It's finally Stacey's happening. Stacy's out. The spirits are warring. <laughs> Baby Nation, this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard, father of Cyril. I'm Tanner. Great. And he's Tanner. (sighs) Claudia is wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Well, let's just go through all of Stacey's crime just one more time as a recap, huh? She forces a young man to throw up all over himself out of neglect. We didn't even talk about that. Jamie no, fucking ja- Newton. She makes Jamie Newton throw up all over himself. She cancels on a babysitting job with the Pikes and makes Marianne do it so that she can go canoodle with her boyfriend. Also against the rules. She fails to invite the Babysitter's Club members to a party at her house. Mm-hmm. And she does not show up at a recital 
a recital. No, she shows up at the recital. She does not show up at a talent show when she promised to for Charlotte Johansson. Thereby letting down her almost sister. As if she hadn't let down everyone else in her fucking life. And the fucking, the moment that this all comes together. Oh, and she likes pineapple on pizza. And she likes pineapple on pizza. Which is gross. That was a HeadGum Podcast.